Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Medfield College Film Society. I'm Jeff Crawford. I am joined by my esteemed society members. We will start with the founder and president of this society, Mr. Robert McSwain. Robert, how are you doing tonight? Oh, sorry. I'm, I was filling out a PETA um, form here. I'm going to join, I think. <laughs> You've had enough. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll put, I'll put that off to the side for now. Well, I'll pick it up after the sh- yeah. after the episode's over. But yeah, pull uh, up to the Ron Miller residence. I think Sirens we are flashing. fully part of the problem at this point. A, a few seasons in, uh, yeah, maybe a, a turn would be just what the doctor ordered. We're going to go up to the mountains of North Carolina, Mr. Andy Brown. How are you doing tonight, Andy? Oh, fellas. We watched another movie. <laughs> yep, that's a fact. <laughs> really raking him in <laughs> at this point. Yeah, uh, I mean, it yeah. was all on screen there. And there was yeah. acting, and every bit of it was up there on the yeah, screen. The pictures were moving, <laughs> there was sound. We are really yeah. deep into the season. Can you tell? Doesn't it feel like this season's <laughs> been going on for a while, right, Andy? Absolutely. All right. And uh, down in the swamps, uh, Ponskin skimming himself, <laughs> Mr. Michael Crawford. How are you doing, my brother? I, I'm doing great. It has been a it has been a stereotypical uh, Florida banger of a storm day. All sorts uh-huh. of wind and thunder and the deluge, and so I'm I'm feeling extra swampy at the moment. Just wait uh, till it's all over and go over to Johnny's Corner and get you a PBR twelve pack. <laughs> Just sit now out there talking. in the bed of your truck, play your transistor radio. Yeah. Yeah. Play some Buddy Baker, uh, <laughs> Buddy Baker music on it. <laughs> or just some. Yeah. Purple cows, man. Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess you should tell us what we have been watching to talk like this. Michael, what's our movie for tonight? Well, tonight, we are going to discuss the 1971 Disney classic, Million Dollar Duck. Million Dollar Duck. Produced by quack, Mr. Quack. Bill Anderson, uh, written by Roswell Rogers, based on a story by Ted Key, directed by Vincent McEvity, he of <laughs> Gus and oh, Herbie Goes nerds. Bananas fame. Oh, okay. Okay, that explains <laughs> things now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, starring Dean Jones, our man, as Albert, Sandy Duncan, as, as his wife, Katie, Joe Flynn, as Hooper, the next-door neighbor, Tony Roberts, in his first film role, as Fred. Uh, this movie features a lot of typical Disney production talent. I mean, we've got Emil Curry bringing it with the set designs. We've got, you know, everybody that you always see in the credits. We've got music by Buddy Baker. Uh, a new twist, though, we've got some animated titles by Ward Kimball, legend yeah. that he is, wow. and Ted Berman. So, a little yeah. extra twist uh, hmm. on this one. So, yeah, this was kind of twilight of a lot of people at the Disney studio and kind of the start of that 70s wave of stuff. Yeah, boy. Yeah, I was surprised to see Ward Kimball. I mean, it was not a very... Uh, noteworthy credit sequence. It's not like a no, I expected it to get much more zany. (laughs) When I saw it was Ward Kimball, I was like, all right, this is going to get crazy. But, uh, it was just, 
I guess he didn't have anything to do that day. I was just sitting around. <laughs> like, we need you to animate a duck. duck. <clears throat> You're right. You're right. This guy's the duck guy. He's always been the duck guy. It's a fun little duck. It's not a typical Disney duck. No. It's, it's uh, more duck-like in its ways. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So a lot of people we have seen before, and like you said, it's kind of mixed up uh, eras. It's kind of this middle middle time. Um, yeah, when yeah. I saw Bill Anderson as producer, I was like, all right, this is Bill Anderson. Because I haven't seen this in a long, long, long time since I was a kid. Uh, now I kind of know why. But, uh, <laughs> but I saw Bill Anderson. I was like, all right, well, that's a mark of quality. That'll be all right. But uh, we'll talk about it, one, I guess. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so you yet. hadn't I'm seen it, Robert? I had not seen it, yeah. Yeah, I thought I had not seen it, but I remember thinking about it a lot because of the title and seeing the video and i realized i had seen a lot of some parts of this hmm. that i had forgotten about uh, namely the ending i remember the ending very well so i must have seen it on tv uh at the end of it maybe it was lot. at like the uh, on something we had taped it had like the end of it on it could be <laughs> could be but uh, the ending the tracking memorable to me uh, Andy, I'm sure you have the laser disc of this and uh, uh, whatever yeah, Activision, I, I, you know, whatever. Yeah. I I paid to have this movie restored for my own collection. <laughs> A 4K no. scan of the original 35 yeah, millimeter uh, theatrical. <laughs> yeah. No, once again, this one was new to me, and um, yeah, it's you know. Our last episode, I, w- I was thinking it was about a rich duck, you know, a la Scrooge <laughs> McDuck. Uh, and so I'm glad I was wrong in that case. Or I don't know. Maybe I'm not glad. Maybe yeah, I, I should have been very glad about it. Yeah. That sounds uh, awesome, actually. Yeah, that sounds, that does sound pretty good now that I think about it. But anyways, yeah. I thought it was going to be a musical at first. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, like initially when I was looking at picking this movie. And um, now I want Dean Jones singing about a once again. You didn't vet the movie, Robert. I didn't didn't vet this at all. I would would go completely cold on this one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Andy, how are you feeling about the movie selection uh, at this point in the podcast? (laughs) Well, it's par for the course. (laughs) (laughs) You're just used to the formula. (laughs) I'm just, I'm dead inside at this point. Uh, I'm just waiting. Just, I mean, I think you you pretty much broke me on. Astronaut, oh, whatever. So say we all. Uh, so, I mean, Robert really just, now, at this point, it's just, what's this? It's, it's kicking a dead horse. Uh, yeah. <laughs> four well, we still have a nuclear it, option. Four corners like offense. Now. You still have, yeah. You still have a nuclear option. There's, you mean there's yeah. worse? I mean, we <laughs> do. One, have there's a nuclear, one we're holding out. Yeah. Although, I don't know. I mean, now I feel like the, uh, the spaceman in King Arthur's Court, nothing is ever going to top that yeah. for a certain way. But yeah, maybe something will grind your gears a little bit more than that, Andy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. so like, as far as like, yeah, horrible movies, that one's the bottom. <laughs> but but we do have the nuclear option, which is an, another movie we think you'll really hate. One that might make you more angry. Like, <laughs> I'm wondering what it is. It'll make you, it'll make you angry like, or not, not maybe like. Like on the verge of violence, kind of angry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you What do you think it is? I I got to know now. Well, I can tell yeah. you offline. I'll, I'll be okay. Happy to tell I got to know this. this. I'm trying um, to think. Like if when we were talking about like all the Disney movies, I would, I guess, because I never s- or had not seen Unidentified Flying Oddball in so long, 
I would not have thought that would be like the worst one we would see, but man, I didn't even going in. I thought it, you know, that because I'd seen it too, but I had very little memory of like, I guess I had two scenes that I remembered as I recall. Yeah. But I mean, like the concept when you hear just thinking about like, Oh, that concept, that could be kind of silly. I mean, it's a better concept than what if a mule kicked field goals? Exactly. That's exactly how I felt. I mean, you, you, you summed it up. I was like going, well, a mule kicking field goals. That's, that's just ridiculous. A spaceman in King Arthur's court. That could be hilarious, right? (laughs) Could be. Wrong on both. Well, you know, at least we have a great, great movie tonight. So we don't have to we don't have to watch a bad movie anymore, guys. This one's going to be uh, far and away uh, in quality <laughs> sure. above that. So, Andy, you know, you have the honors. You have the con. Take us into this world of the million dollar duck. Buena Vista Distribution Company Incorporated. It's all about the first few measures of this opening score, and it sounds like an action flick. You know, I'm ready for a million dollar duck action flick, or even like a Mission Impossible. Yeah. But but then the kazoos kick in and bash my hopes. Boy, (laughs) this, this music jumps right out at you. You've got the kazoos and the distorted bass guitar. Yeah. <laughs> it does quack. <laughs> oh, wow. This was like, I was excited at this point. I was like, we got kazoo, we got duck quacks, we got fuzz bass. Yeah. This is going to be pretty good. We got Ward Kimball on the titles. Yeah. <laughs> Walt Disney Productions presents Million Dollar Duck. And as, and as the opening credits roll, the sounds of an old-timey cash register ring, <laughs> an animated duck lines up six very large eggs on their side, and then when they're turned upright, they're revealed to be like zeros behind the one, spilling out $1 million. Very clever. And they turn gold color, and then we open on our fan-favorite actor, Dean Jones, who, you know, I just realized... I think Dean plays the same character in every movie that he's ever done. <laughs> yeah. No. I was thinking that too during this movie. I was although, like, there's a lot of similar beats. Yeah. I mean, although I have to say his hair remarkably fluffy in this one. Compared yeah. To- yeah. His hair was a little off. His wardrobe wasn't quite. <laughs> yeah. The wardrobe yeah. is way off in this one. I, I will, I'm That's so glad acting. he commented on the hair because I didn't even know how to describe the difference, but it was it's like frizzy. a little flow shower head from Seinfeld hair. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of split ends for Dean. It's not, yeah, this is odd. Yeah, Who's so on hair and makeup in this one? Nobody. Well, Dean plays Professor Albert Dooley in this film, and Albert is going through the stack of late bills. <laughs> Once another yeah. Dean Jones trope. Uh, yeah, the, the bills. That's right. Yeah, the bills. And uh, one so late, it just says please, which made me. <laughs> that was my favorite. <laughs> Come on, please, please, please pay me. I actually laughed at that. Yeah, I did too. Stressed out about it all, Albert leans back in his chair and gazes upon his diploma from. I thought it said Norton College, class of nineteen fifty nine, and his small diploma. Yeah, very basic diploma. (laughs) 
with his student most likely to succeed superlative. And then it's, he kind of goes like this. What would you call that, Robert? The way it's like half sh- like blended together with the, that flashback that he kind of. Uh, yeah, I was on. wondering how the. Yeah, I mean, how I would describe that too. I mean, it's sort of like an overlay or a just a yeah, just the beginning, my like friends. The, the, the yeah. Double exposure, kind of. It just it was yeah. kind of hard double, to see. Double exposure overlay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, there you go. I would call it. Yeah. yeah, and so Albert's having a flashback, receiving his diploma, while his uh, wife Katie, who's played by Sandy Duncan, just runs up and hugs his neck, saying, "You lovely big success." Uh, and, and after Albert's, or well, Albert strolled down memory lane is soon interrupted by his son Jimmy and his buddy Eddie. Now, oh, let me just say, Eddie, man, Eddie's Eddie. all business. <laughs> oh, oh man, this guy's a Michael immediately when I saw Eddie. I thought that's he's got one no of Michael's favorite Shenanigan. Disney characters. I was dying. <laughs> I was like, this at this point, I was like, this movie is going to be great because we had the bills, we had the crazy flashback that we have this demonic <laughs> demonic ginger kid i'm gonna kill you danger <laughs> you need the uh that kid walk around character at disney world to, to yeah, sign your autograph right. book <laughs> michael <laughs> i just the cutaways to him the fact that they kept doing cutaway like real brief cutaways that's right the cutaways amazing. they knew what they had oh yeah <laughs> this kid is just Pouring yeah. it on. I'm telling you what, that kid comes by that naturally. You don't you don't learn that face. <laughs> right. no. Yeah. It's method. <laughs> Jimmy's holding a cute puppy saying that Eddie's gonna give him to him for you know fifty dollars. Well, Albert is shocked by the price and tries to reason with Eddie, but Eddie ain't having it. Um the kid's stonewalled him, dude. <laughs> That's what that's I was thinking of Lebowski. Well, and like Dean's kid is this like 1970s gravel voiced whittle kid. Yeah. But always with yeah. like the gravel voice. Oh man, his teeth too. He did not ever brush his teeth, probably. <laughs> they couldn't afford they couldn't afford teeth. That's true. <laughs> well, the sad and disappointed Jimmy hands back the puppy and runs off. Well, meanwhile. Wife and mom, Katie, is in the kitchen, and she's grooving to some tunes and working hard through a cookbook to make some homemade applesauce. But when she's looking away to grab some cinnamon, uh, the cooling fan nearby blows and turns the pages of the cookbook without her even noticing. And upon her return, she doesn't miss a beat and continues adding ingredients, but now from the wrong recipe, and she ends up adding things like mustard and curry powder and garlic. Now, Katie doesn't seem to be like, the sharpest tool in the shed because she's just adding them and she doesn't even doesn't even think that that would sound strange for that particular recipe but she just keeps kind of plowing ahead they spend a lot of time on this gag building it up yeah and it's uh like oh is the payoff going to be that it tastes bad (laughs) probably yeah you can see it coming a mile away (laughs) the uh the my most prolific note for this movie, uh, which appears for the first time here in my notes in all caps is women be dumb. Yep. <laughs> Pretty which much. is my that's, recurring that's note throughout the movie. They're making an excuse for her to be a little bit flighty. Uh, they have a couple of psychedelic posters in the background. I love this. Uh, yeah. So maybe she, you know, experimented with uh, lysergic acid. I thought they were psychedelic as well. I thought they were like, you know, black light posters or something. But <laughs> you actually, in another scene later, you see that they're just like uh, ingredients and like 
caloric intake posters. And so there's one that has like a brownies. cartoon. <laughs> it's got a cartoon cow and a cartoon pig with the cuts of meat like outlined and yeah. all like psychedelic cartoon animals. I love these posters. They are. And then there's there are these two in the kitchen. Then there's one in their like dining room nook that has calories on top. Yeah, right? and it's just calories and stuff. But they're like psychedelic. It's so weird. Well, and then there's like there. these uh, kind of turn of the century. Uh, like oven or whatever, like this yeah. really yeah. retro yeah. oven lid and on it. like wrought iron furniture. So it's an interesting. Uh, Although I do have to give major props to them for having curry powder on hand. Yeah, yeah. In I was, was going to say the same thing. Like she was, she's like, okay, she, she knew her way around the kitchen because she was like, oh, curry, yeah, it's right here. She had spent some time in San Francisco. That's all I yeah. say. Well, <laughs> Al- Albert calls for her and he comes in and he turns off the music, which we find out was Herman and the Purple Cows, which also kinda- we have to mention again. The transistor radio trope yes. of these movies. It's always in there with the radio being like, like the kids' music. <laughs> and it's like really loud, and somebody like, turn that off. Uh, so look out for that in future movies, some of which I know we are doing later. It's, uh-huh. uh, it's I there just love that they, uh, I mean, I noticed the music playing because it's so it's so of this era in Disney movies. They've always got to have that. But the fact that they give, give it a name. She's like, it's Herman and the Purple Cows. And DJ says, yeah, I don't doubt it. <laughs> Let me ask you this. If the parks had Herman and the Purple Cows somewhere, oh, uh, where gosh. would they be? I know where. I mean, they'd be in the Tomorrowland Terrace with the rising stage. Yep. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. There's no question. And that uh, that kid, they, uh, that stone faced kid standing off to the side. <laughs> that's like their hype man. Their, their agent. manager. He's, he's the agent. agent. <laughs> oh, man. I also to be point out that uh, Dean's father son relationship uh, is indicated just in that first scene of them. It's kind of a preview for the uh, Walt Disney World special that we saw. Yes. With him and Ricky yes. Schroeder. Oh, that's I was true. totally thinking that. Like, <laughs> just, just how many years is it until the. Uh, it's right. Yeah, it was 10 years later. It's like they needed later, to have a song. Short years like a, later. a musical number about their misunderstandings. Oh, that's boy. <laughs> I was going to say, there needs to be an internet radio station that plays this music, though. Oh, <laughs> man. I'd be so into God. that. I mean, I, I would love that. That would drive my wife nuts if, <laughs> if I cleaned the kitchen to that. So, I'll see if I can find some for you. I think I got some. Yeah, we'll I can, work on I that can, for me. You can, you can do a <laughs> Spotify playlist of that stuff. Yeah. That'd be great. Well, Al- Albert tells Katie they need to talk about their lack of money, but Katie just wants Albert to try her homemade applesauce. Can I say before you get to the applesauce punchline, it's like he's mad at her for making applesauce before he tastes it. He's yeah. like, why are you making applesauce for? Money's too tight. It's like, <laughs> applesauce? Yeah. And she used their own apples. They've got an apple tree in the yard. Right. Right. What's, what's so it's like, I'm, I'm, team, I'm team Katie at this point. Yeah. As we've kind of already said, clearly it tastes awful, but Albert lies telling her it's really good to not upset her. That was a, that was a great take. His, it was. His it take was. is fantastic. Only Dean can do this, do that work. <laughs> I also laughed. Uh, that he uh, first his take is so good, but then the joke is that not only has she left the skins on the apples, but she left the seeds in them. Yeah. He, so he takes a seed out of his mouth, but then he puts it in his shirt pocket. Yeah, which I just <laughs> thought was really a weird thing to do. Burnout wife can't cook. <laughs> Put it in me pocket. Albert continues on saying that they need to find ways to cut back on their spending. And as he begins to bring up her dress shop bill, 
Katie says she thinks he should save his lunch money and she'll start packing his lunch. Boy, he didn't and, like uh, that. What's what does he no, use his lunch money for? I don't know. I think what's his lunch yeah. money? What does this lunch money mean? Yeah. Well, I'm assuming Katie is an even worse cook than we've already seen because Albert hates this idea. She can't cook. But uh, Katie is persistent, and with a loving look and hug, Albert realizes how rich in love he is, and he gives in to her. Well, then the following morning, Albert's leaving for work, and Katie hands him his lunch. She's also wearing a pretty groovy getup, if I'm I was about to say, we got to talk about this house coat. It is yeah. A-plus psychedelic house coat. It's, I gotta say the the uh, the right thing to do for the prop person would be to make that like that bag a little bit wet. Yes, oh, yes, yeah. yes, <laughs> absolutely, yes. Has to a little soggy. Yeah, yeah. She spilled a little bit of the applesauce putting it in. Yeah. Well, I mean, who knows what she's put in there? That's, that's right. <laughs> it could be anything. <laughs> Cats in there. Applesauce sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Well, while, while walking to the car, uh, here comes Jimmy again, and he attempts one more time to plead with his father about getting that puppy. Oh, Jimmy up, mentions Cat. that their next-door neighbor, Mr. Hooper, has a dog. And Albert says, uh, he's, he just tells, he's, he tells Jimmy, he's like, you know, Mr. Hooper works for the U.S. Treasury, and he has all kinds of money. He could even af- afford a giraffe. Well, it just so happens that Hooper and his wife are just on the other side of the fence, and they're hearing the whole conversation. And that giraffe remark really gets under a Hooper's skin, but his <laughs> wife quickly settles him down. Now, who's who's this playing uh, Mr. Hooper again? This is Joe Flynn. Joe Flynn. Now, we've seen him in – he was like – He's been in a bunch of stuff we've talked about. Been in a bunch yeah, of stuff. The uh, dean was, at he was in Boat right. wasn't he? I think he was. I mean, he's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Man, um, can I just say this like outdoor pavilion that Hooper's got going digging, on? I mean, it doesn't get much digging better. Digging the vibe there. It doesn't yes. get much better than that. I, he's I like, like giving him that, that coffee service that we've seen in so many <laughs> movies. <laughs> the uh, wife giving the husband the coffee, you know, mm-hmm. just from the outdoor grill. Great. Yeah. Uh, like Hooper's wound it? way too tight for somebody who's got it made. Right, really? he's got it made. Also, yeah, why is Albert and Co? Why are they so destitute? I mean, he's a professor. <laughs> they are like their house is like falling apart, and he drives this like old <laughs> Bel Air like it's car. Yeah. Why is his car so dirty? Yeah, but, and also it's if filthy. If Hooper's doing so well, why is he living next door to Albert? Yes. All good questions. I wondered, I'm so glad you said that, Jeff, because I was wondering, I was like, why is he so poor? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, just absolutely dirt, dirt poor. Yeah. The house is like a haunted house from the outside. (laughs) It's just like terrible. And like dirt yard. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, in the ugly dot, I still can't say it. Ugly dots. You know, he was an artist and he was doing much better there. Than killing he was killing yeah. it. Had the best house in the world. Yeah. Big money. Yeah. Yeah. Big but money. I mean, and this science place looks like a real place. I don't know. Shout out to Hooper's dog. Though. This is a cute dog. Yeah. Oh man. Give me all the feels. Yeah. yeah. Great golden yeah. retriever. All right. So anyways, Albert hops in his car, which is, as you guys have said, has seen better days and needs a new exhaust. And he pulls out of his driveway, blanketing, blanking the whole area in smoke that just kind of pours over into Mr. Hooper's yard, causing him to cough. And 
uh, it may be just me, but I got some, it reminded me of Cheech and Chong's next movie. I don't know if anyone else remembers that <laughs> particular part. I can't but say I've just, seen. <laughs> yeah. There's a, if you've seen it, that's not it a major influence influence on this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it reminded so, me of Uncle Buck's car. That was, that was oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. Well, Albert yeah, backs up the car to the, the apartment complex, which is next door, and honks the horn for his buddy, Fred, who hops in the car with them. <sighs> Still eating his breakfast, apparently. Fred's and, killing me already. And, and as they yeah. take off, they get cut off by two teenagers and a hot rotted doom buggy. <laughs> Arvin <laughs> and Orlo Wadlow. <laughs> what a name, man. Killing it on the name. They so spent like all their creative capital on coming up with the names. I really yeah. it made me so mad because we named our dog that we just got Arlo. And I was like, dang it, I wish we would have named him Orlo. That would have been so much yeah. better. But uh <laughs> A dune buggy, another trope of this era. The dune yes. buggy. Uh, yeah. We saw that in Computer War Tennis Shoes, right? That was yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And, and so vaguely, they're like, they're like vaguely hippie adjacent. They're not like full hippies. Oh, but they're they make a lot of references. They make yes. references, but they're more, but they're also like kids who like work on their dune buggy. So I don't yeah. know if that was a hippie thing. But uh, yeah, this is all taking place, by the way, on Absent Minded Professor Street. Mm. Right. Yes. And I got to say that at this point, you know, the applesauce thing was like, oh, man, that was terrible. But, you know, when the dune buggy shows up, I'm like, we're getting all the ingredients here for what we need, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Putting the pieces in place. How about what what they said to him? Well, yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to get to. (laughs) Yeah. Albert and Fred, they yell at Arvin, who responds by saying, hey, don't blame us. It was you old cats who invented the internal combustion engine. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. And then they followed up with an aggressive piece from Orlo. And then they know an aggressive piece, Robert. Peace. 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 That was really early for the aggressive piece. Yeah, it was. Peace. Yeah, this like wiry little dude has a lot of rage built up in him. Yeah, was with Orlo. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You got to watch that one. Hello, man. I'm so, oh, what a great name. Well, discussing how they could take those Wadlow boys down, we find out that Fred is a lawyer uh, who's also down on his luck. Well, Starving lawyer, yes. Well, finally, <laughs> finally at work, we see that Albert works in the psycho bio research lab, <laughs> specifically the division that investigates animal behavior and intelligence. Naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Albert greets all the research animals in their cages and tosses his lunch bag that his wife made for him in the trash. And when his back is turned, one of the chimpanzees is able to reach it and pull it out of the trash and begins to rumble through it. Uh, the, the chimp shares Katie's applesauce with the, the, a nearby duck who loves it and just squaffs it down. Some quality chimp duck acting going on here. Like some yeah. chimp duck interplay. You don't often see a chimp and a duck playing a scene together well we should throw no. it to robert what do you think uh, about the acting in this this scene robert uh i thought the the chip was seemed like he was going for a little too much there um, <laughs> he needed to take it down a little bit uh but the duck was spot on i was really impressed with the duck's acting but again you, i mean you get a chimp and a duck again i'm feeling like we are checking off all we need here like oh, yeah. this is like continuing on 
Uh, Monkeys are funny. Yeah, they do. Crazy and this things. one's in a, like, like a like prison cage, though. It's not. It's very depressing. <laughs> There's a line here that's really depressing. ominous. I don't know if we're going to get to it in a second, but the uh, was he say the chimp is nervous about the tests? I mean, that just feels. <laughs> well, he's like in a, a little, like a pirate lockbox, like yeah. a wrought iron cage. Yeah, what is going on here? Yeah, it's it, not good vibes coming out of this room. <laughs> Well, soon Albert's boss, Dr. Gottlieb, I guess that's how you say his name, Gottlieb comes in saying that Albert is putting them behind schedule with his lack of test progress. Albert goes to get the duck, but Dr. Gottlieb says no to that on the account that the previous tests have already shown that the duck is a moron. Um, (laughs) Yet Albert is still able to convince him to give him one more try. Why do they care? What are they doing? I don't know. I got to say, I get big people's as people's vibe from this professor. Oh yeah. (laughs) Also, why is this professor so sweaty? Did you notice this? Oh, I noticed it in every shot. He is just drawnched in sweat. (laughs) He's under a lot of pressure, I guess. I guess so. That is a theme that there are a lot of sweaty older dudes in this movie. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. In the laboratory. Uh, other animals are being used to conduct intelligence tests. But I mean, what are these <laughs> tests? What are they trying to figure out? They get know. so mad at the animals when they don't do it right. They're not doing well. Oh, sh- I mean, that's part of the duck. science is some do well and some don't. And you figure out why. Right. And it's usually, you're supposed to be very unbiased about it all, but they seem yeah. very biased about every single thing that they do. And it's, not very scientific at all, but yeah, I don't understand what the objective is, but it did make me already before anything else happened. This made me be like, you know what? I'd like to see what Marvel would do with this property. Um, <laughs> million dollar Howard duck. Howard the duck. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, so yeah. So, you know, they've got the duck here and Dr. Gutley, he puts the duck on the easiest test that they have, which apparently the duck has already failed 49 times. And, uh, this, this time's no different, but then after failing this final time, the poor duck lays an egg, which Dr. Gutley throws in the trash and we see it just spider like a normal egg. Don't do that in the trash. That's nasty. And why are you throwing the egg? You don't throw the egg in the trash like that. That's gross. Well, what else would he do with it? I mean, don't like splatter it. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, while Albert is uh, tries again to plead with the researcher that this was indeed the an actual result, uh, the duck finds a way out of the lab and just wanders across the hall <laughs> to the radiology lab where two other scientists are working with gamma rays of all things. <laughs> The pan, the, the the pan, the camera pan to the radioactive sign. Mm, so just, good. The, yeah, it made me laugh. <laughs> and and so you have one of the one of the scientists is black and the other is white. And I think the white scientist calls him Frisbee. Did you, did you guys hear? All right, Frisbee. What are <laughs> we working so. on today? Like, That's another great name. Yeah. Um, but anyways, the, yeah, the duck wanders into the experiment and ends up getting hit with some some of those gamma rays they were talking about. <laughs> this like the TV view of science things happening like on their little monitor thing is so good because they've got like an animated like spotlight and there are like things on a conveyor belt going by like sciencey <laughs> things into this animated spotlight. Yeah, oh, uh, it's so good. 
It's blooping it's and blopping and all kinds of science yeah. sounds and all that good stuff. What kind of institution is this? It seems very, uh, yeah, they don't seem to have many standards. Do they say the name of the college? <laughs> no. I uh, well, they... it could be the alma mater, maybe. It might be. Oh, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Missed Medfield opportunity, I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. This is right up Medfield's Medfield. alley. Well, Albert is looking for the duck, and he's reunited with it when the other radiology professor hands him over. Yep. I mean, he just hands over a radioactive duck. <laughs> Doesn't seem smart. <laughs> They're like, he that took some harm. radiation, but it'll be fine. Super cavalier. Just a little jolt of radiation. Mm. That's all. Again, Marvel, man. This is so Marvel. I mean, gamma and rays are Marvel bread yeah. butter. Could this all, could there be a Medfield Marvel thing? Mm. You know? Origin story. Reed Richards yeah. is a professor at Medfield. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. I, there was a line when uh, the duck ate the applesauce that i enjoyed from dean where <laughs> dean comes over it's like yeah it's like i knew you were weird but that's ridiculous <laughs> just the way you get delivered the line it re- was really funny to me yeah so they hands over this radioactive duck and uh <laughs> which doesn't seem smart what also doesn't seem smart is to take that radioactive duck home with you and give it to your kid which is exactly what albert does uh, Jimmy says he doesn't want a duck and Katie kind of agrees with him saying, you know, Albert, you know, Jimmy really wants that puppy. But Albert says that he didn't bring the duck home to be a pet, but more or less just to save its life and uh, find a home for him or her. I don't, they kind of go keep back calling it him, which is so yeah. weird to me because it's, it's weird. It's not right. It's, they switch it up though. Yeah, they do. Eventually they start calling her, her. But like in this scene, it's all him, which I just thought was so strange. Yeah. And, and so, but then there, there's a, apparently there's a farmer who comes around and they're like, why don't you, you know, give them to the farmer who sells those vegetables. And they're like, okay, well, however, Jimmy and the duck have already taken to each other. And Jimmy decides to name the female duck, Charlie. Um, could, later could that evening. Right. Kind of hung up on the name Charlie. Charlie. Yeah. Baltimore. <laughs> he is. Hungry. There's a, there's a weird choice here by the director. Like he keeps doing, and he only seems like he does it with Katie and she keeps doing like these look t- like takes, like turn takes, yeah. like where she's looking off camera and then she turns to camera to <laughs> Maybe, address. Maybe uh, because her hair was so bouncy, they really wanted to lean into that. <laughs> <laughs> she did it like three or four times. Like every time it just, it felt so like out of like weird, but yeah. I just, Sandy Duncan just, looks just like an animatronic to me. She looks she like an really does like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> like a Mark Davis audio animatronic drawing come to life. Later that evening, while setting the places for dinner, Katie says, Albert, I was just thinking. And then pauses, and then Dean Jones gives a great, well, good for you line that cracked me up. Uh, so which, it, it almost felt like improv. Uh, yeah. You know, and they just like, oh, that's great. Keep it in there. Uh, Katie thinks that they should trade the duck for a puppy, but then backs away from her idea with a passive aggressive, I'm sure you'll solve it. Um, Albert doesn't know what it is and digs at her some more. And Katie thinks that there's a generation gap that he's creating between he and Jimmy oh. over this whole puppy thing. And I'm not even sure what that means. Well, it means that the Disney people are so out of touch uh, yes. with their counterculture. And they're like, they've heard this term generation gap and they're like, oh yeah, this put this in there too. It's mm. timely, but we're, we're not going to use it today's in, youth in the right way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> rough uh, but by the way uh, albert has a uh 
chess book out on this chess board. He's looking at the moves he could make, which I thought was amazing. This is a manly chess board, too. These are like enormous rough-hewn pieces. Yeah, true. It's very, very large. Well, soon Jimmy is yelling for help, and his dad, uh, yeah, he's, he's yelling, you know, help, dad, help, and he's going to kill Charlie. And Albert and Katie run out to find Charlie has gotten into their neighbor, Mr. Hooper's swimming pool, and oh. Hooper's trying to forcibly get him out. And they, they use the, the pool skimmer to get the duck out, but then Hooper's dog breaks through the screen door in the house and starts chasing him. Uh, and they both end up in the pool where I have to say that the duck was kind of holding his own against the, the yeah, dog. Yeah, that duck water. was coming back at that dog. Oh, he was like, man. yeah, he was definitely letting the dog have it. Jeez. My main note for this was, I can't believe this is real. <laughs> it's like, I was the like, duck leave was the duck wailing alone, on the dog. Dude. Yeah, what in the Not, world? There's, there's duck, the duck flinging, like, there's dog drowning. It is just. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just what? say that people will fling a duck in a Disney movie, man. They're, they're not yeah. afraid to throw yeah, ducks. Yeah, who's the duck wrangler? Yeah. <laughs> I would love. No, you just throw it; it's fine. I would pay right. for like a long read, like investigation into like what if they could find the duck wrangler for this movie. Yeah. It was listed in the credits. The person I didn't think to write it down, but I was like, I, if they were still alive, I would love to know what the duck protocol was for this movie, or how many ducks they went through. And because did that this person is, watch on work on oddball with the goo, the gander. Yes. Yeah. That, I that thought could of be the our, gander too. Yeah. The oh, father. That could be our crossover episode into, into the progress city there. That's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, this is like in my head, canon, the dog and the duck were like friends in real life. So they were just playing because the dog <laughs> yeah, was like, kind of like, this is kind of fun. The duck though. I don't know. This it was is like wild. diving underwater. The duck like, is salty, like, man. Yeah, I love the duck's duck. move where he would like go underwater and like shoot yes. away like yeah. super fast. Yeah, like that's sweet. a cool move. Well, then during all the wackiness, Albert falls in the pool, and now Which, Hooper's. I mean, hitting. can we just say that Dean Jones has the best whoa 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 <laughs> in the business? I mean, this was an all timer. This was an all timer of that take. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, that was pretty bad. I will say yeah. this duck seemed pretty game for anything though, because it kept coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't like it was like yeah, I mean like it was having a I mean I was rationalizing it. It looked like it was enjoying itself. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it's okay, Peter. The duck's having a good time. Yeah, yeah, the duck's having fun. a great time. <laughs> now the dog in a minute's not enjoying itself. No. You can no. see that there's some serious fear in the dog's eyes. Yeah. Yeah. That dog. Yeah. Hooper, Hooper begins hitting uh, Albert with the skimmer and then Katie gets mad and she starts, she hits Hooper and it all, this is one big mess. And then like Michael said, meanwhile, the poor dog is over there drowning. <laughs> it's heads going underwater. And you're like, oh, Cause gosh. it's like not a zero entry pool. It is a Mm-mm. like ladder in and ladder out pool. And that dog yeah. can't get out. Lesson. Yeah. Well, Albert finally gets the duck to Jimmy and they all escape. And then after all the excitement, uh, and the continued bark from Hooper's dog, Charlie lays another egg, Ding. then another, and then eventually Ding. two Ding. more. Ding. Well, then back in their kitchen, Albert says it's the dog that caused her to lay the eggs. And I think 
Katie makes a series of sex <laughs> sex jokes saying that they hardly yeah. know each other. Her response is Albert, they hardly know each other, which yeah. I thought was hilarious. It's so and then, bizarre. And then she says something like, that's not the way my mother explained it to me. Yeah. Later. yeah. <laughs> well, and the kid is like, oh, we learn all that stuff in school anyway. It's like social commentary. Very bizarre. <laughs> but I'm totally going to steal this robe and towel look. Oh, from yeah. From Dean Jones. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Like, like I was totally digging that that that's walking around with a towel around my neck tucked into my robe mm-hmm. <laughs> and being real casual about it and I'm, I'm, I'm totally gonna pull that one out just that's dismissive coming. they hardly know each other it's, yeah. it's just women you know women what can i say well speaking of women katie's excited about all the money that they're gonna save but by it's because of having their own eggs and then albert says they're not eating those eggs because the duck is Quote, strange. And Katie reacts with a knowing like, oh. And Albert says, no, not that way. But that was lost on me. I didn't understand what they were referring to. I was like, what do you mean strange? Like, I need some clarification. So explain that one to me, guys. I mean, is it, is it, does she think the duck is gay? See, that's, okay. That's where I, my mind was too. And I was like. First, I just love his, his read of this duck is strange (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah is that where they're going with that because if so i don't know i felt like that yeah okay i'm glad i wasn't the only one that was didn't pick up on that um yeah so albert eventually says it's an uh it's an aberration a biological mutation it's a chemically mixed up duck and he says the only thing to do is to bury those eggs, which he'll do after Jimmy goes to sleep. I That's laughed out loud when the solution was to bury the eggs. Yes. <laughs> yeah, me too. Bury the eggs. I thought that seems like a weird reaction to eggs, but okay. It's so yeah. just gonna go bury. I'll go bury them in the backyard. <laughs> I'm put them in a lead line box. Yeah. And- yeah. Well, sure enough, that night, and in his fuzzy robe and slippers. <laughs> yeah. Albert digs a hole in the backyard to bury these duck eggs. Glorious. In doing so, he drops one of the eggs that hits the shovel and busting the shell, but revealing a solid gold egg inside. Um, His friend and neighbor, Fred, just happens to be walking into the backyard of the apartment complex uh, next door at this late night hour. He sees what Albert's up to, and he questions him on it. There's an amazing musical cue when he gets caught by Fred looking at the egg. And it's like this horn yes. stab, but there's like this huge delay on it. So it's like, burr, 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 burr. it's like, what? <laughs> so Albert, intense. Albert like says he's, he's just digging for night crawlers. Then Fred notices the eggs <laughs> and he quips, well, they certainly lay big eggs. And then he says, go to bed, Albert. You're a nut. And then he walks off. And Albert raises How does the that golden. Guy have beef now. Yeah, gives him night uh, every day. Albert raises the golden egg to the light of the, his flashlight and marvels. And oh boy, guys, this thing's just getting interesting. So I can't wait to see what happens in Act Two.
Albert? What the devil are you doing? Oh, nothing, nothing, nothing. Digging a hole at uh, midnight in your pajamas is nothing? You know, I'm digging, digging. For what? Nightcrawlers. Certainly lay big eggs. Oh. Go to bed, Albert. You're a nut. In the lab, Albert has his golden egg yolk, and he's doing what I would assume is a test to see what it is. Uh, we get a nice triangle cue again as he drops some aqua regina. Is that how you say that? I guess sure. I didn't uh, even uh, notice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it's the stuff that you use to dissolve, uh, to check if, uh, if gold, gold egg dissolves. is real. Yeah. yeah, everyone knows that, right? I mean, it's, it's I got it's some common. under the sink, I think, out there. Yeah, I, I keep some around the house. <laughs> uh, Dr. Gottlieb comes in and duly suggests that uh, radiation can transform an organic object into inorganic. And his colleague, I can't pronounce his last name, confidently says that anything is possible in science. Something that doesn't seem true yeah <laughs> alchemy he's like oh the swiss place at the turn of the century they said they did something i was like did they turn an egg into gold though because i doubt it it's, yeah he just casually pulls a book off the shelf uh, and from dr shavats yeah. used an egg and changed uh the eggs uh the yolk into something else which you know is what is happening here. Um, so after some awkward laughing, uh, the doc says he needs to check the IQ of the chip. Who's scoring 140. I'm not, was that, was he, was that real or is he just being, I mean, I assume he's being sarcastic because he knows, I don't know what's real and sarcastic anymore at this point. Albert snags the book and goes uh, for a drive and ends up at the Disney Studios. Yeah. <laughs> but I just say that yep. Albert, during that whole scene, was kind of like uh, bloodshot eyes, uh, really doing this amazing, like, uh, could be perceived as going kind of nuts. Uh, Dean Jones playing Albert. Uh, pretty funny. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like... It's like sort unhinged. of legs crossed, rocking back and forth, yes. like chewing on your fingernails, kind of like, right. is, is it gold? Is it real? Is right. it real? <laughs> so on the Disney Studios, which happens to house an Ajax testing lab yes. and chemical metallurgical analysis facility, Farley Upchurch walks out and informs them that the uh, metal is uh, wild. You know, which wild stuff. That's uh, kind of how he says it. Uh, 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 I, I'm far, I'm the up church, Andy. Did you, did you catch that reference um, there? I did. And it's, all, it's also Luke Jensen. Yeah. Um, Stills cows. I mean, Andy Griffith show. A lot of these interiors in this movie <laughs> have big Mayberry vibes, like late oh, period yeah. Mayberry mm-hmm. vibes for me. RFD vibes. Yeah. He's found traces of apple peel and garlic, uh, but it's still pure gold, which, how how is it pure gold with apple peels in it? Whatever. Um, Albert shares the news with his uh, shady lawyer friend, Fred. 
And uh, we get another run in with the kids in the dune buggy. And Mr. Hooper is trying to relax after another rough day at the Treasury Department. But uh, the kid's actually in an actual location neighborhood this time. It was not yeah, on the back yeah. lot. It was in a real place. I'm like, that's an achievement. You know, the dark-haired kid, um, I can't remember his name, but that guy grew up. He's now like, uh, like a famous TV director. He's directed many episodes of Sopranos oh. and Game of Thrones. Really? Really? Yeah. I can't wow. even remember the guy's name, but yeah, you should look him up. I hope he drives to work uh, every day in his dune buggy. <laughs> Albert's old Ford backfires, causing Hooper to spill his drink. Um, How many times can we do this gag? It's coming some more. more. (laughs) It's not the last time. Uh, So, so yeah, we've kind of touched on this, but whoever wrote Sandy Duncan's character really whiffed. This is, we're getting some rough territory here with her. Albert gets uh, home to the news that his lovely wife, Katie, has given the duck away to a farmer. However, after some shaking... At the hands of Albert, yeah, she remembers good. that she keeps her addresses in the cookie jar, which makes perfect sense. I was waiting for him to slap her. Kind of like in uh, That's kind of like where he was going with it. Yeah. What's the matter with you? I mean, it's pr- probably good she's not making cookies for the cookie jar, to tell you the truth. <laughs> That's <so>. true. <laughs> Hooper is walking back outside with a fresh glass of tea. This time, I will not spill the tea. Albert and Fred hop in, backfire, and spill take. Like a family guy joke. Again. I'm not going to spill my tea this time. Oh, no. <laughs> it is. That's true. At the farm, Albert shells out five bucks to get the duck, and we get a very Hitchcock-esque shot of hundreds of alike oh, ducks' heads moving around <laughs> as Katie and Jimmy wade through the duck necks looking for Charlie. Man, awesome. you couldn't pay me to get in the middle of those ducks. Yeah, Can you imagine <laughs> crawling around in that no, duck pen? That no, is I can't. nasty. I, I just would not do it. <laughs> I was like, Dean oh, Jones, Jones, you don't have to do this. No, absolutely <laughs> yeah. not. Also, shout out to uh, Arthur Honeycutt as the farmer. Yeah. Like Bull from El Dorado. That was fantastic. Albert and Fred start barking to try to trigger Charlie to lay an egg. Uh, Jimmy does something I could easily see my kids doing and leaves the gate open. Oh, this freaking That's kid. Awful. I got so mad at this. I was like, you freaking <laughs> idiot. What are you doing? Any kid would do yeah. that, man. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Just freaking. Uh, all the ducks make a beeline for the pond. Golden oak, man. Yeah. Looking nice. Mm-hmm. Several pratfalls later and some good old farm talking. The critters are running around a, a muck. It's a dangerous pratfall, though. Fred, like, takes a fall yeah, there. Fred like, really could have broken his neck. It's like on a little submerged bridge. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's like slips on wet wood and goes in. Yeah. Fred's very strange. Yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah. I was like, like Dean Dean Jones's bark, which is rough, rough. Yeah. <laughs> Great Dane, yes. Great Dane, yes. I kept thinking about that. <laughs> Charlie wanders off and. Jimmy's, uh, after, after Jimmy, so they are able to isolate Charlie now, uh, they ditch the farmer and bark at Charlie until we get a nice triangle cue and the uh, ding noise when that lays an egg kills me. Ding. <laughs> 
back at the house. They're doing math to figure out they can make $20,000 an hour. I'd be happy with just one egg a week. They yeah, really want real. to crank up the production. Yeah, like, what about the law of conservation of matter? Like, where's it, <laughs> where is it making all these eggs? So, like, for like four eggs an hour. As the, as the men talk business, Katie has washed and dried Fred's wetsuit and tie, ruining it. Classic Katie. She's a burnout, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> she can't cook. She can't do laundry. Did a little too much LDS. Fred, Fred (laughs) saying, do you think we should get the duck and bark out a few more thou? Yeah. And he's like, Hey, Albert, baby. I just like, I don't like the way Fred talks. I don't like the way he talks at all. Oh man. And he's just, yeah. I mean, Fred, if you look at the actor, like he was in a lot of really prestigious movies in the 1970s and it all began here. Albert, baby. Baby, we got to uh, do this. For us, uh, sweetheart. More thou. Sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. He just seems like a weirdly mobbed up dude. Mobbed up dude. Yeah. Like, like, like bad sports agent or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fred says they have to be careful though. The last thing they want is that government stool pigeon Hooper snooping around. That's right. Commentary. Government bad. Government bad, yes. Albert hides the eggs and plans to uh, reshingle the Pentagon with all the money they'll make, <laughs> but they must not be uh, greedy and take and, and can, can need to control all the you know their, their greed. It's true. Just gotta watch that lessons. On their way to bed, Albert tucks Charlie in so he won't catch cold and uh, does not bother to tuck his own son in, leaving Katie to feel like greed has already taken over and she's mad. Why, why are you leaving the window open with your duck there? She's That's wonderful. what I'm saying. Well, Stupid. Yeah. yeah but Next day, also, Katie's I was dealing. Say, exactly. I'm just going to say, okay. she's wanted to talk, though. I mean, because we're as we're about to see. <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Next day, Katie's dealing with some bad checks, and Katie being Katie, she takes a gold egg to the bank and tried to deposit the egg, of course. This is just painful. The bank guy tells her to take it to the refinery. She just hops uh, down the street to the local gold refinery and, and grabs a nice fat check. Which was called the United Finer- Refinery Company, which I like. Uh, yeah. You missed the snooty banker who oh, like, yeah, narked on her to the like bank head. Yes. The security yeah. guard. That's really, really I mean, great there's extra. a lot. I mean, first, she's floating bad checks. For one thing, I mean that to begin yeah, with. Passing bad checks all Second, over town. Second, she thinks she can go to the bank with a gold egg and deposit it because and she wrote a, a deposit a slip deposit for slip for it. She's like, surely you recognize that. And uh, also, big big Latter Day Mayberry vibes from this bank. Also, oh, yeah, but yes. no, like no, when no. she goes back to Dean, it's like, how does how has he not murdered her? Like, I just went to the bank, and they wouldn't take the egg. So Albert is not too excited about Katie's antics. Fred walks in and is all right with the refinery game because they had a license. If They need a license to handle gold. Plus, if they keep it at their house, they could get 10 years in the jug for for hoarding gold. Yeah, I don't know how accurate, like, any of this is. Uh, I, assume uh, probably, yeah. I would not. say probably not. <laughs> Who knew there were so many regulations for gold? I, gold balls <laughs> are really weird, man. Can't have gold. 
<laughs> the government's going to take all your gold. <laughs> seems very Ron Swanson-esque. Yeah. It's totally written by Ron Swanson. That's buried in an undisclosed location. <laughs> like hide it in the crawl space to keep the government from right. seizing your gold bullion that you're keeping around. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wondered, because, I mean, I know things were different back then. I don't know when, I, I don't follow gold standard conspiracy mongering or anything, but, uh, yeah, all the, all their, like, they go in the rules and regulations a lot, and it all seems very strange to me. So good old dumb Katie who uh, goes around <laughs> blabbing her mouth is the perfect cover because no one is going to lock up Katie because she's a dingbat. I love that the plot, the their entire plot hinges on the fact that Katie is a moron. Yeah, They're like, oh, you're, you're an idiot. We didn't think of that. We just send you around. Everybody will just laugh at you because you're so stupid. And we can get away with it. So just how many gold refineries are in Southern California? Uh, clearly a lot. Uh, <laughs> uh, many. The greater Medfield area gold region. <laughs> After she drops off a bunch of gold, the refinery that keeps the uh, Treasury Department on speed dial phones, lets them know that there's a... Uh, there's a bunch of gold eggs coming in, but he didn't. He didn't just phone them and say there's a bunch of eggs coming. He, he's like, "Hey, this is so and so," as if they know exactly who that is. Yeah, yeah. like he's somebody. Like, like Treasury Department, very active in this area. I don't get why all these narc people care where the gold comes from. You got right. your gold. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. Just make your dega money. Maybe they have regulations on the, you know how the gold comes. Clearly, in. they, they do. Follow. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of government red tape it's around. A lot of government overreach. Maybe big gold <laughs> had something to do with this movie, and they wanted to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> Katie heads to the next refinery and on to the next, and they all pick up the phone and do the <laughs> yeah. same. I love it. it's kind of like a nefarious beat. They're like mm, better call this number call, it's like it's uh, funny at first but when i think about it maybe there's something off here because they all kind of laugh they do their like laugh and then they're like wait a minute so meanwhile albert's checking out a thorndike special down at the local dealership <laughs> yeah yeah uh, back at th- it wasn't it wasn't an actual thor i looked it up it wasn't a thorndike was it special not i thought it well i thought Me surely too. it is like just the same like car. it because yeah. yeah, there were there were similarities. The Thorndike special was made in in the U.S. Um, by a, a small car company. This was like an Italia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I looked it up, but it was a it was a weird Italian company that that's looks just like it though. Oh, and yeah, and Bernard Fox, Bernard Fox, as an uncredited like bit. Malcolm Merriweather himself. So I was so excited to see him, but they should have gotten. David Tomlinson to be Thorndike. That'd been great. Just uh, just dropping into the Thorndike because it looked just. I mean, it was same vibe. Totally. Same vibe. Yeah, yeah. It had to have been like some kind of a nod because it was on the turntable. Yes, it was like the yellow. It felt like yeah. They, well, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. yeah, there's no question. Yeah. So um, the British salesman who was that was who you mentioned? Yeah, Bernard Fox. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bernard Fox. Oh, great. Uh, dismisses Albert. Yeah. While Katie continues tossing gold eggs around town, uh, the local treasury department chief has a nice map printed up <laughs> and, and has all the, uh, the locations of the refineries and where all the gold eggs are going. So he's been doing his work, you know, he's been getting the phone calls all day. All right. what's up. So this scene, th- these guys who are heavily featured throughout the rest of the movie, this is like a who's who of that guys at this table. This, this is like, 
that guy central. First, oh, yeah. you've got Bing Russell, who is Kurt Russell's dad. Wow. Is like the kind of rugged, rugged dude. Okay. You've got Edward Arnold, Ed, Edward Andrews, who was an absent-minded professor verse. He's there. You got Pete Renaday, who's the voice of Henry the Bear in the <laughs> uh, Country Bear Jamboree. It's just that guy overload. Another Andy Griffith show reference. One of the uh, refinery guys was uh, or- Orville Monroe, the funeral home director next to Floyd's Barbershop. Yeah. Notice that guy. Yeah. And this, like the head guy, Rutledge, here at the Treasury, is a guy named James Gregory, who was in a ton of stuff, like ultra recognizable and seemingly constantly drunk in this movie. <laughs> so, Mr. Morgan of the Federal Reserve is not happy. They have to stop this gang. President of the New York Stock Exchange calls and wants to know about all the rumors he's hearing. We get some Wall Street jokes in, and then the State Department phones. With more jokes. And we got tons of political commentary here. This is like a flubber level phone jokes. Yes. We got commie okay, threat. Yeah. We They're worrying about commies. There was also way too many phone conversations in general in this movie, I think. Yes. But this totally is like a phone call joke marathon because it's oh, yeah. really odd. It's like he calls, he gets, they're like, you've got a call. Oh, You've got another call. Oh, you've got another call. <laughs> like, really? This is what we're doing. We transition into this weird, pic- that, that same picture-in-picture yeah. effect we were talking about earlier. Yep. Um, with lots of stereotyped countries calling, complaining about yeah. the Americans and what they're up to. Yeah. Finally, we, Pretty we get the White House. But the Aussie, why is the Australian guy in, like, Outback gear? That's right. <laughs> He's got the, the hat. I don't know what you call that hat, yeah. where it's like folded up on one side. It's so ridiculous. Very it's ridiculous. Yeah. And, and then the, the it spins, which it cracks me up. <laughs> it's like it's Batman, like, like the Batman thing. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. The only thing I was missing was some Asian people in a gong. Oh, they had the Asian. They people. had the Asian guy. Yeah. Oh, they did. That, I, I must have missed that. Well, they yeah. didn't have a gong. That's why I didn't know it was Asian Japanese people. guy was going to do it for cheap. Yeah, That's, that was the joke. Upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the guy, the treasury guy, so sweaty again. Oh, man. Hey, so he was sweaty. like, he was selling hard. He was sweating from selling so hard. It's like that money is the greatest. Yeah. It was very personal. So finally, we get the White House and we get an amazing still of Richard Nixon's portrait. <laughs> a weird picture of Nixon. I hope that's in like the Disney archive somewhere. I yeah, fell yes. out of my chair when they cut away to that picture. I did. I, I, I was dying laughing too. I think I took a still of it and sent it to Jeff. Yes. Um, Morgan, the head of the Fed, flees saying, it's in your hands now. So Chief many jokes about the- monetary policy. Yeah. Kids love monetary policy <laughs> jokes. Telling you, man, they got these government jokes. Just back to and that. They, really, they love the government jokes, man. The writers over there are just like, oh, this is going to be great. <laughs> Chief reads off the aliases used, which aren't very secretive. <laughs> no, it's all and the Hooper, same name. <laughs> it's right. Hooper figures out that it's Albert Dooley. I mean, did that ever occur to anybody there? Hey, we got these aliases. Let's open up the phone book and see what maybe we could find. Exactly. (laughs) And this concludes Act Two. What leads do you have on this gang, Chief? Ah, oh. Uh, Please. Yes, well, 
So far, the only lead we have is the name of the bag man. <laughs> bag woman? And under various aliases such as K.W. Dooley. Quote, Katie, close quote, Dooley. Mrs. Albert Dooley. Francis Abigail Dooley. Uh, what was after Albert Dooley? Albert Dooley? Well, that's my neighbor. Your neighbor? Well, it's not my fault. I was there first. They moved in, and I... Oh, Katie and Albert Dooley, I knew there was something about that professor. <laughs> so we see Katie in the backyard working, <coughs> and Hooper is now spying on her. Oh, a trope and, of the era, I feel oh, like. Oh, yes. Wacky spying. Yeah. Of course, we know that he is spying uh, to, you know, catch any info. But his wife catches him <laughs> appearing to check her out. And he says, I was doing some undercover work. To which she says, yes, I can see that. Yikes. Mm. <laughs> but is well, that, she says, really now, a man of your age. Right. <laughs> Oh, well, Albert shows up in his hoopty, and Hooper runs around and enthusiastically greets him. Very friendly. Albert's confused, uh, particularly because Hooper is in his boxers and socks. I guess he was just planning on spying from the torso up. Let's see. <laughs> and, like, strange. black socks and, like, black office socks. shoes, like work yeah. shoes. Why not? Well, Albert's on to Hooper. He, he's convinced that he's out to get him now. Right as Fred shows up in the yellow car that Albert was looking for. So Fred has bought the Thorndike special. Fred. Albert proceeds to yell about how they weren't supposed to spend money, which is odd considering he was suspicious about being spied on just one minute previous. Mm-hmm. Yes. Fred suggests making the company name Dooley's Wrought Iron <laughs> Sauna Baths, which, I mean, I have taken with me for a long time. I loved it. In order to keep the heat down. (laughs) If I ever incorporate, I'm going to use that name. (laughs) Rod Iron Sauna Bath. It's perfect. It's It's guaranteed to shine. (laughs) Albert tells him he thinks the Hooper is suspicious. And more than that, he doesn't know the element the duck was radiated with. So he doesn't know the half-life, i.e. maybe soon the gold may run out. Uh, Some more science Mm -hmm. here. The half-life of, yeah. We cut to Jimmy with the duck and the Wadlow boys in their garage. (laughs) This place is a funky pad, if ever there was one. Mm -hmm. This is another scene where you need to have that music playing. Yeah, they really should have. Well, they get it on eventually. Uh, Jimmy is trying to electrocute himself on the battery, (laughs) putting the wrench. What? (laughs) This kid. Uh. (laughs) 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 Well, Charlie climbs up on the battery and starts glowing green for some reason. I don't understand (laughs) any of that. Maybe that's why Jimmy's voice is so gravelly. He's been shocked so many times. I laughed so hard at the green duck, the green glowing duck. (laughs) It's funny because it happened once and then like they didn't hang a lantern on it to begin with. It just kind of like threw it in there. But the fact that it happens silently, there's no like sound. (laughs) It's just (laughs) glowing duck, no sound. Well, like, oh man, he's boys, out of sight. I know they're the Wadley boys are impressed. They offer Jimmy two dollars cash for him. Jimmy says no sell, and then the guy. 
the guys do some experiments with Charlie <laughs> by attaching two nodes to Charlie and somehow daisy chaining this power to power a radio. Well, there's your music in there. <laughs> uh, a light bulb in one of their mouths and a horn. So the horn's just continually <laughs> going. <laughs> you, you don't need a duck to do all that. <laughs> You got the battery right there, guys. The battery's right there, you idiot. It just seems incredibly dangerous. He's holding a light bulb in his mouth <laughs> that's connected to Charlie. Oh, it was glowing green. So we don't, that's not normal. Uh, well, Albert shows up and he is outraged. Uh, the Wadlows say, hey, that belongs to Jimmy. You're violating his civil rights. Oh, boy. <laughs> Get out, yeah. Wadlows. Uh, Fred says it's not civil rights, it's property rights. To which the Wadlows <laughs> say, Hitler's <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> Commentary. What? We didn't call out that they uh, they called somebody a bigot earlier, so they're really right. uh, yeah. <laughs> woke. Easy, man. Woke Disney, super woke Disney guys, right there. <laughs> <Woke Disney. laughs> and not much has changed, apparently. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see. Uh, well, we cut to Fred and Albert barking at the duck again, trying to get him to produce. This is, I mean, Fred and Albert have really lost lost it at this yes. point. They're zealots, and it's just annoying. Yes. Uh, Jimmy is heartbroken for some reason. I mean, I don't quite, it's like they're not taking the duck all the way from him, but Fred is suggesting that they do. He says, we're going to have to take the duck away from him altogether. So uh, why? Why would they have to? There's like he, that weird close-up of his the kid's face where he's crying yeah just like tears down his face like on the stairwell it's decaying teeth the father-son conflict is so predictable and so boring i'm like are we really gonna have to do this it's very like not intro i mean it's it's boring but it's also like non-dramatic yeah i don't know it's like yeah, you're not. We're not anything. taking your duck. It's occasionally we'll need it to bark at. Yeah, <laughs> but you can have him the rest of the time as long and as you can't you don't take it to this garage to, and yes. put him on a battery. <laughs> I mean, that should be any animal. Right. <laughs> yes, right. It's I wouldn't like you do it with your the puppy either. Because don't, don't put your animal on a car battery. On a <laughs> yeah, but Daddy, I want to cook my puppy up to the battery. Well, no. I don't right. care whether he makes gold or not. You guys are a bunch of Hitlers. <laughs> so in this time, Hooper somehow gets the perfect view into the house on what's going on with his this, binoculars. This is really getting on the nose, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the duck lays a golden egg. Sure enough. Bing. Katie is upset uh, that, you know, the generation gap going on albert's losing his way which he really is uh so she comes out and looks out the window well hooper's wife again sees him looking through binoculars appearing to look at her and after she yells at him he falls out of the window onto the ground so little i mean he would be dead he would be he, dead. he well he's in a tree he's right. up in a tree and That's, she's like on the roof Sweeping or something? I don't yeah, know she's what she's leaning out the there. window. Yeah, it's very um, George McFly. 
<laughs> Super George McFly. But I love how Sandy Duncan is like, she's gone off to pout, and but she opens the window and like leans out like she's going to like vomit or something. Well, it's look, like it looks like he's looking down her dress. Well, see, that's where I cat. thought they were going to go with it was like, oh, well, he's looking down her dress because it's kind of all unnaturally staged. Yeah. Masher? On the nose. Just bad. Bad, bad stuff. We cut to Jimmy out in the driveway. Hooper calls him over and offers him a new bike. The line is, oh, that's all right. I've got a present for you. Okay. He's like, I'm not supposed to go in your yard. Yeah. He's like, oh, that's okay. I've got a present for you. No. He is like the prototypical. Yeah. No. 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 This is why the 80s came along with the stranger danger. Uh, (laughs) Jimmy's thrilled. Of course, it's a new bike. And then he spills the beans without thinking about the duck laying eggs when the dog barks. So now Hooper knows for sure. I love that the kid gets on the bike and starts going, vroom, vroom. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? Uh, Hooper starts barking to get the dog to lay an egg. Well, the real dog also barks, and sure enough, the duck lays an egg. Katie catches him in time, <laughs> shames Hooper for trying to take the egg, quickly calls Albert and says the gig is up. Hooper. She did knows. something right. She That's did right. something right. Kind of normal. Yeah. Well, now we cut back to Hooper in a work meeting where he's telling everyone that it's a duck, which uh, the head of the meeting thinks is some kind of gangland code word. <laughs> Oh, one thing I have to say when Dean, when she tells Dean Jones about that Hooper's found out, he tells Fred Hooper's hip, <laughs> which is a great line. Like, oh, you're so cool, Dean Jones, with your well, jive. Yeah. Um, so they think it's a some kind of gangland code word. And of course, they think Hooper has lost his mind. <laughs> they want him to stop by the office to have a little chat. And somehow, incredibly, someone in the meeting had checked with the professor who duly talked to about making gold from eggs. Now, how does how does one explain that? Yeah, <laughs> I was confused by that too. It's like what? He's like, I just talked to a professor and said that a guy was talking about making gold from eggs. It's like, hmm, convenient. Indeed, the nuggets did appear to be the size of an egg yolk. The head finally Gee, admits boss. that uh, there does seem to be a certain amount of duck involvement, which I thought was an amazing <laughs> quote. And then we jump to another amazing international phone call <laughs> montage, which is just like the same beats as before. Yeah. Commentary on Japanese trade practices. Then we get a Richard Nixon impersonator. Get that duck, do you understand? It's like this bizarre, it's like, uh, is it Larry David doing George Steinbrenner? I was going to say, it's Larry David as Richard Nixon. (laughs) It's the same thing as the Steinbrenner where they don't show the face, but they do the, like, the wild hand gestures. Yes! Get that duck, do you understand? (laughs) It's amazing. I'm blown away! (laughs) Blow! Whoa, 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 whoa! I mean, the Nixon involvement in this movie is something I never expected. No. I, I mean, I remembered very little of this movie. I certainly didn't remember that and was right. floored. 
Right. It's like the Disney family were kind of tight with Nixon. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so I'm, I'm surprised they're like, oh, we don't want to go too far, you know. Well, so Nixon is ordered to get the duck. The heat is on. Albert and Fred are losing their minds. Albert says, I am the Eggman. They're arguing about getting the egg. Uh, Albert is very unhinged, and the feds are closing in. I feel they, like uh, Dean is always spiraling out of control in these oh, movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's the same There's character. There's a formula there, there yeah. <laughs> they confront Albert, saying he has made $41,000 without reporting income tax. I mean, he just made it. I don't. Yeah, you, you do it at the end of the year. Uh, it could be the most valuable asset in the United States, a natural resource, the Hoover Dam. <laughs> that thought was hilarious. It needs to have the full protection of, of the U.S. government. Should you have to pay income tax on gold eggs? I mean, there's a lot of gold that, rules. I don't understand them. I will say yeah, again, Rutledge sounds drunk in every scene. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You gotta go to Well, die. it's gets brutal again i feel like it gets worse oh it does get worse as yeah in the things to come yeah it really is meanwhile jimmy is springing charlie out of the house albert is convinced that he will be able to bark in the wrong pitch there's so much made in the end about the pitch of the bark which is just yeah absurd. and they, like, they have to explain it every time every time i'm going to do it in the wrong pitch <laughs> that means it won't lay an egg it won't lay an egg he's in the wrong pitch now what now what does that mean again <laughs> oh my gosh he's barking in the wrong pitch He's not going to lay. That must have doesn't matter. Well. None of this matters because Jimmy is off with Charlie and his new bike. So none of that could have happened. It would have been fine. I love Hooper's wife is dressed like a ad for Five Alive. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's got like lemon, lime, and, and orange. I'm like, that is, that is Five Alive right there. I'm a little oh, thirsty right now. So Five Alive. Well, the chase is on and nothing like a good car chase to wrap these movies up. You got Fred and Albert and Katie chasing in the Thorndike special, and the feds are off in their car. Jimmy, yeah, they're, they're in a leaking Continental. There you go, Robert. I knew you would have that information. Uh, Jimmy <laughs> stood with a, that uh, suspension, and that would uh, just put you right to sleep. Chonk. Yeah, <laughs> the slowest suspension in the world. Uh, Jimmy stows away in a utility truck in a washing machine. Uh, once the feds catch up, Jimmy and Charlie are long gone. He's hiding in the dumpster across the alley. The utility driver thinks he's on candid camera when the feds are interviewing him. <laughs> Social and commentary. another one of those beat too long moments. Where is it? Where's the camera? Yeah. Where is it? Where is it? <laughs> so weird. <laughs> During this time, the garbage man, who looks like a cool guy, uh, comes and unloads yeah. the dumpster into the garbage truck. It's like it was cool almost dude. like Fess Parker, the rugged years. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed this guy too. I was like, who's this cool guy? Yeah. Cool guy. Uh, okay. So Jimmy and Charlie crawl out on top of the garbage truck as it's driving down the street and both <laughs> jump off the truck while it's moving. Into a downtown well, area. Charlie is thrown off the moving truck. Yes, that's yeah. true. Yes. I wrote down, I was like, these stunts are reckless. Yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, it gets worse in a minute. First, throwing children from trucks, moving trucks, which they literally do. 
Uh, also, how many ducks did they kill making this movie? Because <laughs> it is bananas. Yeah. Uh, also, that uh, that rear projection of uh, Toluca Lake, very, very nice. Mm. In the downtown area, a dog gets into a scuffle with the duck again. Uh, more dog-duck mm. violence. Mm. <laughs> Charlie jumps out into traffic, causing a car wreck. All right, this was when I said, how many ducks did they kill making this? Yes. Because I, I rolled that one back several times and watched it. Yeah, I mean, they literally insane. throw a duck into the middle of a car crash. It's I don't crazy. know. Yeah, it was pretty wild. Did you catch the, uh, the, the Herbie there in the background? Oh, yeah. We're going to get to it. Going to get to it. Okay. Just at this time, the Wadlows pull up and get him. So Hooper tries to break into this Volkswagen to chase a little Herbie, like Robert said. It also has a Great Dane in it. Robert, does this Dane look familiar? That was Turk. Yeah. I, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. Brutus hanging out in Herbie. Yeah, it's like a great crossover. Go figure. Brutus. Albert is off on foot. The feds are in there, Lincoln Continental. Fred and Katie have a utility truck. Very, uh, very uh, arrested development there. (laughs) (laughs) There's a little gag like playing off of their always ready when you need us motto. That's right. Well, that was quick. We need him now. Uh, Katie drives by Albert, tells him to jump on, which somehow it's inexplicably is able to do because they fly by him and just like jump on. He's just like there jumping on. You can just feel the smog in these LA scenes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Also, all this is going on. Um, because I was like, one, because the rear, like I said before, the rear projection stuff, you could, there was something of Toluca Lake. So I'm like, all right, that's in Toluca Lake. But in this one, when Dean Jones comes running around the corner, it's Flower Street, which is famously the street in uh, Glendale where Walt Disney Imagineering is. Right. And so I started looking uh, at Google Maps, Google Earth, uh, like Street View. All those buildings are still there, like they're on that corner. Like it looked exactly the same where he was running by. Uh, but then throughout this entire sequence that follows, it's all around like the Grand Central, like uh, the old Grand Central Airport campus, which is all Disney now. It didn't used to be. Uh, but they go by like all these, there's, there's a bowling alley they drive by, which is uh, now an Imagineering building, but was also used as Jackrabbit Slims in Pulp Fiction uh, as oh. the setting for that. And so like all throughout the scene, they're driving by like Imagineering stuff. And it's pretty funny. Pretty wild. Uh, during this time. Fred accidentally raises a cherry picker. Albert's flying around in the air in Glendale, like Michael said. <laughs> Get a lot of wackiness with Albert and the cherry picker. They love a good car chase. Man, they play. Yeah, it's like inevitable. With something gone wrong. Yeah, in this case, he's on the cherry picker. Running red lights, ducking, knocking into a billboard, being painted. Finally running into a bridge where the feds are sitting atop. Uh, Katie yells to Fred, stop, you're going to decaptivate him, which she's done. I I did like his take when uh, when they stop at the bridge. Like, what are you doing? He says, waiting for a streetcar. (laughs) 
Well, the dune buggy catches the eye of two motorcycle cops who take off after it, but uh, don't see the utility truck until the last <laughs> minute go flying into a pond conveniently right beside where they were. It was a very quick gag. <laughs> yeah, they didn't last long at all. I expected them to like be a running thing. Uh, they putting cops in water, too. That's they the they love that. We go through the inevitable tunnel. Is that water? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah, water. Um, inevitable tunnel. Into a mm. parking deck with a ramp, all stuff we've seen before. Did you see the? Do you notice who the parking attendant was? It's oh. a George O'Hanion or Hanson, Hanson, Hanion. That's a uh, the voice of uh, George Jetson. Oh, oh no way! Yeah. That's crazy. The tunnel moment is poorly executed because <laughs> oh, they yeah. don't play. Yeah. It's like they try and be like, "Oh, this is tense" because he's going to hit the tunnel, but they don't play out. It's like they cut away, and then he's oh, in the yeah. tunnel going like, whew, that was close. Yeah. So like, this was an effect too expensive to show. They couldn't make it work, yeah. It was something. like, oh, the tunnel's coming. Oh, we're in the tunnel. Yeah, oh, that was, was so close. Weird. Yeah. And yeah. then those spark effects, boy. Sparks on the uh, Fed's windshield. Animated. <sighs> Yikes. Uh, the feds hit another car, get a flat tire, which is some more government commentary. Oh, of course you messed it up in the government. Uh, so only the utility <laughs> truck is left and seeing, uh, is that truck can't get the cherry picker down. Dean just jumps out on the level he's on and pursues on foot, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, that was good. Clearly a dummy in a lot of those scenes there. Oh yeah. The cherry picker. At this point I was like, finally they're off the friggin' cherry picker thing at this point by the time we're on the roof of the parking deck i've forgotten why they're running and from what Uh, (laughs) i had completely (laughs) forgotten what was going on i was like this has to be the end so thank goodness (laughs) uh the wadlows stop on the top level or off to the races to who knows where i mean where are they going why are are they running i don't know you're basically kidnapping a child right (laughs) doesn't make any sense uh, they inexplicably put Jimmy and Charlie on a ladder across the street, way up sure. in the air. A ladder that looks very unsteady and is literally like bending. Yes. Uh, you know, one of these old wooden ladders finally falls to the next level. Like, what are y'all doing? Why Why are you doing this to save? Uh, like, we've got to help this kid save his duck. We gotta so preserve his civil rights. Let's, <laughs> let's put him on this ladder, like matter the cost. Twenty stories up, yeah, we'll kill him, but at least that duck will be safe. <laughs> yeah. Well, Albert finally catches up with him, says, "Don't move." As he lays above the street, Jimmy says, "Go away. You just want Charlie. That's all." To which I say, "Probably a good point." Uh, the ladder starts to crack. Albert grabs him just in time. Daddy, I stumbled on my Jimmy there, man. Oh yeah. It's- I felt sorry for this poor duck because they were like all hugging and stuff and just like crunching that duck. Right. That that poor duck. The feds now have Charlie and Jimmy is completely heartbroken. The head of the feds. What's his name? What's that guy's name? Rutledge. Well, Rutledge says, we have to put Charlie under protection for his own good. This guy. Yeah. I mean, he's just like drunk all the time or what? (laughs) He's he's in the bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not only is Charlie going, but Albert is being arrested for something I couldn't understand because Rutledge slurs his words so much. <laughs> I literally could not understood what he understand what he said. 
We have to customize. Now we have an armored truck being transported by a police motorcade <laughs> to a courthouse holding Charlie in a cage. We have a lot of fantastic reporters yelling questions. But they're all shut out of the court proceedings. They saved all their money for all these extras in this scene. It's a big scene. Big scene. Hooper is on the stand and claims he can make the duck lay an egg. Remember that the real dog was barking when he laid the egg when Hooper was barking. So, of course, Hooper can't get the duck to lay. Considering he's doing it at the wrong pitch, Michael. Yes. Oh, God. Everyone seems to think that Hooper is crazy. For some reason... Albert stands up and says, we need to establish the duck can lay eggs. I'm willing to accept the consequences. <laughs> now I know there are things a darned sight more valuable to me and looks over at Katie and Jimmy. But why is he doing it now? I don't know. Why does that? Why does that make sense? I will sacrifice myself. I will put myself in jail. Maybe, maybe just because to I show care my, about son. my family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> doesn't make any sense about something i shouldn't be arrested for like right this uh, started laying gold eggs and they arrested me yeah kind of nebulous what the actual charge here is so albert goes over to charlie barks gets him to lay the egg one more triangle Bing. hooper gets the judge Bing. to open the egg and sure enough it's just a normal egg it's run out half hopefully say <laughs> judge throws out the case for lack of evidence. That was a quick trial, too, man. Very they, quick. They it was to, a hearing. The, yeah. Oh. But the, wouldn't they have the evidence of, like, all the gold that they did have? What are they, Again, what the I charges? guess it would help to know what, what he was in charges? trouble for. Yeah. Uh, the judge goes on to give a little <laughs> quaint speech about our, <laughs> our country being based on ingenuity and enterprise. And the only shame... Is that he'll have to pay so much income tax on forty one thousand dollars? Man, our nation was Gover- built on free enterprise. It's and I real, just uh, government commentary in these Disney movies don't stop. <laughs> Taxes, libertarian. The rich is right. too high. <laughs> the rich is too. The judge says that for such a worthless creature, this duck has caused a lot of problems. Albert says, "Well, it's worth a lot to him." And gives him to Jimmy. The judge says, if it ever lays another golden egg, bury it. Quick. (laughs) (laughs) Again with burying the eggs. And we see the Dooley family exiting the courthouse to applause. And we roll those beautiful credits. Really? Forever? Really forever, pal. One word of caution, son. If it ever lays another gold egg, bury it. Quick. Why are people so excited and happy Yay! and clapping? It doesn't like make the media is like waving their like hats in the air, like huzzah! Any sense? Doesn't he make any them. sense. He showed them. 
Stick it to the man, you know, government overreach. Drunk. Rutledge says this is got this drunk guy after us. <laughs> They're trying to take away our guns and our ducks. <laughs> Can't even Mirandize him because he's so drunk. <laughs> but you're lucky you got a good lawyer. Yeah. Albert baby. Albert yeah. baby is here for you, baby. Let's lay a few more thou. Is that a new tie, Fred? Gosh. Oh, man. Oh, guys. That one, I was not expecting to be as bad as it was. I have to say. It caught me off guard. I was not ready for it. Me neither. Although, I have to say, talking about it was delightful. <laughs> yeah, I like talking about it a lot more. I liked it more it. talking about it than I did watching it. Agreed. It ended up being about what I thought. <laughs> I just yeah, I mean, feel I guess like, what was I expecting, really? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a duck movie yeah. with... But I mean, 70s. it could be f- like a funny idea if it's like, oh, we start making money. What do we do with all this money? How do we like all the, you know, like how do we, I don't know. I don't know. It could Something. have been funny. Eliminate but, the car chase and spend more time on like the. Yeah. Like I feel like you. talking about Freaky it. Friday. Talking about time. it just now. Like I feel by the end of the first act, I was still feeling pretty good. Like it was silly, but I, it's it's yeah. really it lost me in the third act with all this just yeah. the cut and dry yep, yep. car chase yep. and it's like why this again yeah it starts off strong and then loses steam yeah and um and you like you gotta have a car chase in these movies it's like, not funny yeah. until you do the car chase <laughs> think of all the gags we could do those gags lifter it's like I, it, everybody loses their Writes motivation itself. it's like why is every like why are the those dudes helping the kid run away why did the guys want why is everybody doing anything <laughs> so it's kind of random because we need a car chase Oi. you got it so this time we're gonna put them up on a cherry picker and it's gonna go through all kinds of think of all the things we could do hey boss i know a guy who owns a cherry picker oh really ah. um <laughs> well yeah i think we should uh we should put this thing through our rating system using our uh, custom scale per each episode. Robert, what's our scale for tonight? Well, I really wanted to go back to the to the well again and use government overreach. <laughs> I mean, it would very much apply. <laughs> but we're going to stick with the government theme and uh, for a plot. Uh, well, I don't guess it wasn't a plot point, maybe a device. I don't know how you would call it, but. It was there, nonetheless, and it, it made my jaw drop. We're going to go with Richard Nixon's. Okay. I need that doc. I'm sure he would uh, like most of the uh, commentary on this, if I had to guess. Income tax and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. how many Richard Nixon's are we going to give this plot and writing? <laughs> I'll start with you, Robert. Oh, it was... I'm going to go with a two. It's not not an F, but it's certainly not a C, not a passing grade. Yeah. Um, I'll agree with that. I'll just throw in my two here, and we'll uh, pass it over to Michael. Yeah, I leave it. I'm trying to, like, level myself, because I feel like after Unidentified Flying Oddball, which was so bad, I, I know I overcompensated for Freaky Friday. I know I went too high. So I'm trying to center myself. So I'm going to say two. I mean... Again, started strong, but then they just, man, phoned it in so bad. Yeah, I mean, 
Well, it's I don't know why I'm giving it a two, formulaic. really, but I'm going to keep with it. <laughs> it's it, just the formulaic car chase. That's yeah, I mean, there were just, enough like funny lines. That there were some. It, funny it gets lines. me more than a one yeah. for me. Yeah, uh, Andy, I'm I'm struggling because strangely enough, I kind of want to give it a three. I don't know <laughs> why. I wouldn't hate. I, uh, it's not that I think it deserves a three, but I'm just trying to, like Michael said, I'm just trying to think of things in perspective. I can't give it a three. It's got to be a two, but I don't think it's as bad as like a, a full, like a low two. It's, I want to say like a two and a half, but we'll go to. I, I would, dick, I would agree that. with yeah. that. I would absolutely yeah. agree with two that. Two dick yeah. Nixons. I thought <laughs> that the premise was a lot better than a lot of the movies we've seen. And like some of the one-liners were really funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, the setup was funny. I mean, certainly a lot funnier than the setup for <laughs> Flying Oddball. Or like Boatnecks. But- like, that was, yeah. Anyway. We'll move along to casting and acting. I'm going to give this to Michael. How many uh, Richard Milhouse Nixons do you give this? This one's tough for me. This was the one, thinking about it, I had the hardest time figuring out because, I mean, I think everybody's pretty well cast. I mean, everybody's pretty spot on for like what they're going for and it's not like anybody didn't i mean like sandy duncan is ridiculous but that's how that character's written and she like mm-hmm. sells it the ridiculousness and i mean i didn't like sandy duncan growing up and i think it's because i saw her in all these movies and thought that she had to be just a total like moron right <laughs> so but i mean i i think she does what she's asked. Um, and, you know, I like seeing Dean Jensen anything and all those like government guys are kind of perfect. So I'll give it, I'll give it like a three. Okay. Uh, we'll go to Robert. Uh, I'm going to uh, echo Michael and give it a three as well. I mean, it's not a, nothing's bad. It's probably the weakest Dean Jones movie I think we've seen. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, it's, it just is what it is. It's just middle of the road. I think I'm going to go a little below that. I I do think it's the weakest Dean Jones. I'm just going to give it a two because there were things I was uh, like Fred and the kid. There's just they did stuff find that, that ginger like, kid though. That yeah, yeah that's true. That's, like, true. that's what I was going to say. I was going to say Eddie brings almost brings it up to a three for me, but that's I'm right. going with a yeah. two as well. <laughs> All right, so we'll go to production value. I'll start this off. I'm going to stick with my two uh, on this. Uh, you know, as much as I love Buddy, Buddy Baker, I even had Walter Sheets on the music with him. I, you know, so many good people. Uh, I just did not think the production was very good on this. And, uh, you know, it's it's all that lovable backlot, but the backlot was looking rough in some of this. Mm-hmm. Um of course, special effects were just nothing. So I'm going I'm to give it a two, and we will jump to Andy. Yeah, I, I agree. There was nothing special about any of the production stuff, so two feels appropriate. All right, and uh, Robert? Uh, yeah, nothing, the music's pretty unremarkable, and uh, I, I can't go above a two either. So What about like that a phone call either. effect? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd give it a a three for um. Well, there's that one. There's one. Uh, are the uh, all the the weird look takes? Yeah. I mean, 
Well, yeah, if we're if we had turned to camera takes, I mean, yeah. some of the the choices the director made. But. If we had a look take uh, section, that would get really high marks on this. I feel like the the Nixon portrait look take. <laughs> yes, one of the best. And uh, Michael, what what do you have for it? Yeah, I'll give it a two as well. I do have to say, I really like the set of their house. Like, I love, like, as Emil Curry doing the set design. Oh, and I love, like, the wrong. decorations in that house. Like, all that, first, just that, like, mid-century stuff. But the, all that weird psychedelic. Like, a psychedelic posters almost make it a three for me. They're so ridiculous. <laughs> and also the women's costumes. Sandy mm-hmm. Duncan wears some ridiculous hats. Yes. Oh, and yeah. Almost a three for the Five Alive, like, house coat, too, as well. Well, they totally, like, they gave her all the costumes and didn't give Dean Jones anything. Yeah, yeah. Another production thing I really like that I didn't mention when we were talking about it was, like, I don't know how they did them, but, like, the egg effect was really good. Like, the gold eggs. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know how you make a fake egg with, like, stuff in it, but... uh that was an oddly like satisfying effect. I don't know, but uh, I'll, but like the rest of the stuff, I mean, it it felt like a small movie, and like all that rear projection stuff was pretty rough. So I'll give it a a high two for some of the aesthetic stuff. All right, and we will stay with you for entertainment value, Michael. Yeah, I'll give it a two. I just if it had finished stronger, I would feel completely different. I'm going to agree with that. I'm going to stick with my twos, just twos all across the board for this one. Um, yeah, I mean, just really, again, that car chase just really took the air out of the pool. Any yeah. air that was left just made it like, oh, my gosh, when will this stop? I don't want to watch another one of these. Robert, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, it's same thing. I mean, if it, the ending especially was just, I mean, you warned me. <laughs> yeah <laughs> going in but uh yeah two for me no question i mean it's not bad not not f but i probably will watch it again andy will end with you what do you got it's a silly movie and yeah. but it's not a horrible movie and so uh, it's one of those things where i think i don't know if the score is going to really show what the movie is um I think we'll probably you know, end up coming out lower than probably it needs to be. But I think I, I agree with you guys. <laughs> Everything about it. I mean, it's again, it starts off strong, then just fades quickly. Um, at times, I think Dean Jones is great. Then other times, I'm like, this is this is rough. This is hard to watch. Um, so I'm going to go with a, a, a two as well for my entertainment value. Two, Richard Nixon's. I think Andy makes a great point, though, in that it, I mean, it is a silly movie. It is like a, basically a kid's movie. And, uh, you know, I think we may be under, like undervaluing it for what it actually is. Spo- it is, you know? Yeah. But my kids and I really would watch it. it again, like for all the silly stuff, but, uh, you know, tune out during like the car chase stuff. But I, I just, I was trying to think like, what do you think would, what would have been a more interesting way to go? Cause I was like, what if they went through like increasingly zany things to try and figure out how to get well, it to keep playing gold eggs. I mean, I think the best thing, instead of the government trying to get the eggs, like some kind of antagonist that's like trying to steal the duck. 
yes that's not the government I, would have been made it a lot better and a lot opened up a lot more opportunities for like Alonzo getting away Hawk. sneaking around yeah uh, like yeah like a rich guy that would have been good i don't know i think having some sort of device or like a system like where they're trying to figure out how to you know make the duck lay eggs and like and industrialize it so to speak like it's in a you know, a, a, a hen house, so just, you know, it's laying eggs and they're trying to figure out how to, you know, just something to try to you know, add some zaniness to it. It needs an, uh, an Alonzo Hawk. That's what it yeah, needs. Yeah, yeah. It needs that type of character who's going to. That's, that's it. Yeah. They need to go to like a, some sort of, you know, rich guy and say, yeah, we got this, this thing here, this way of making money. It's the, it's the best way to, to go about it. Right. He, I mean, that would have, that would have totally changed the vibe of the movie. I think that would that would especially if it's Alonzo Hawk, then you're you're gold. And you could have the oh, treasury yeah. guys Hawk's too, <laughs> like trying to figure out what's going on for just a little extra added comedy stuff. Have it be yeah, like they're a, not the guys like in the car chase. In the car like, chasing. Because the Treasury yeah. Department would not do that. Because that's ridiculous. No. Right. Like they no. know where you live. <laughs> right. Why wouldn't they just go there and wait? So weird. A hawk would have made it so much because he would have given that element of sleaziness and like shadiness to yes. it as well. They could have played off of put him on ice. Yeah. Good news, well, guys. Let's uh, punch this into the computer. War tennis shoes. See where we're at. Seems pretty low, Robert. What's the how many Dick Nixons did we get for this? We, we've got a total of two point one three Dick Nixons, which puts this one there at. Number twenty-seven out of thirty-one. Yeah, hmm. just just ahead of Boatniks yep. and right behind Fun and Fancy Free. Yeah, I would agree. It's it's above Boatniks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there you have it. Uh, pretty low from us. What did Litter Malton have to say, Michael, about the uh, Million Dollar Duck? Well, let me tell you, uh, Litter Malton in his movie guide gives it two and a half stars uh, out of four calls it predictable basically just gives a summary of the plot doesn't really opine much uh some other people did opine uh this was famously the first movie that gene siskel ever walked out on in his role as a critic wow. <laughs> he walked out uh the first time he had ever wow. done it he only did it three times in his career and this was the first one uh roger ebert called it one of the most profoundly stupid movies i've ever seen uh, <laughs> but you know who did love it the uh, Golden Globe, uh, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, uh, gave it two nominations for Golden Globes. Uh, Dean yeah, Jones what? for Best Actor in a Comedy or Musical. What? And what? Sandy Duncan for Most Promising Newcomer. Wow. Huh. All right. It's Golden Globe time, nominee, Million Dollar Duck. Wow. Well, there you have it. Anything else we want to say before we leave this duck behind us? Ding. Ding. I well, just I, this is one of those movies that I really wish was better because I think it's a funny idea. I thought it was going to be better too. Like was, all was, the ingredients are there. It just. I mean, I guess. Well, although I said earlier that it, it is, it was exactly it was what I thought it was going to be. But right. I mean, I, I guess I was expecting more zaniness. Well, that's what we thought, but it were. But, um, oh, well, well, it's just one more episode until we unveil our big season finale. 
Robert, traditionally, uh, this episode, the penultimate episode of the season, has featured dogs in the plot. We had Nettie Gann. Uh, last year, we had Lizbeth and Old Yeller. Uh, are we sticking to this formula this year? Boy, are we ever. This might be the single biggest dog movie Disney ever made. It might be one of the top ones ever made, period. Balto. 100, 101 <laughs> Dalmatians. Well, 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 now you just, <laughs> you ruined me, Andy. That was, that was bigger. That was bigger. <laughs> uh, it's got an all-star cast. Um, we got Paul Freeze. We have Annette. We have Fred McMurray. Our favorite, the late, great Tommy Kirk. Um, my son will be excited to see Tim Consendine. I think it's also, also R.I.P. recently. Uh, he was in the war epic Patton. So my son will be excited to see that. <laughs> Family favorite. <laughs> Family favorite Patton. Right, Most of all, it's got uh gotcha Moochie. Yeah. In got right. Moochie in there. It's been a while since we've had some Moochie. Yeah, that's uh, right. We're gonna watch the Shaggy Dog. Yeah. yeah. It's a good been a one. while since I've seen this one. Me too. Me too. I watched it pretty recently. I'm excited to watch it again. Never seen very uh very significant, like his historically significant movie for the studio. So, looking forward to that. Let me guess, it's about a dog with a lot of hair. It's That's comedy. It. It's all, it's all. It has a lot of money. Yeah. What drives. if uh, Elizabeth Cersei was the duck wrangler on Million Dollar Duck? Well, that would explain some things. <laughs> go, come on, Charlie. Let's go. It's not going to hurt. We're going to throw you into the street. This time we're going to get all the ducks and put them in a little pond. It'll be a nice little break for them. <laughs> now what you're going to do is throw them off a truck. <laughs> throw them off the truck, Travis. That dog's not going to hurt him. Just put him in the <laughs> swimming pool with it. <laughs> Now you throw that He's yellow dog playing. in the pool with <laughs> Let that duck go on down the slide. <laughs> I tell you, that duck was a champ going up the slide stairs, though. I'm telling you, that yes. duck was, was messing with that duck. That duck was excited. Look, he was, he was, he was ready to go down. He was looking forward to it. I'm going to break his spirit, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> Don't shoot that duck. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, well, looking forward to that one. Uh, the shaggy dog, that is. Not Elizabeth being the duck wrangler. Uh, tell us what you think about our next film. You can email us at info at medfieldfilm.com or find us on social media platforms at medfieldfilm. And now, a word from our sponsor. In my mind, I'm gone to Carolina. Can't you see the sunshine? Can't you just feel the moonshine? Ain't it just like Out in North Carolina, there's this fella. He's a fella I want to tell you about. A fella by the name of Todd Naprick. At least that's the handle his loving parents gave him. This Naprick. He called himself a graphic designer. Now that's a job title that no one would self-apply where I come from. But then, there's a lot about Todd that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But then again, maybe that's why I find this graphic designer so darn interesting. They call North Carolina the Tar Heel State. I don't find it to be that exactly vowel-wow, as there are a lot of nice folks there. 
folks like Todd, the graphic designer. I only mention it because sometimes there's a graphic designer, and I won't say an artist, because what's an artist? But sometimes there's a graphic designer, and I'm talking about Todd here. Sometimes there's a graphic designer who will. He's the graphic designer for his time and place. He fits right in there. And that's Todd at bindinggraphics.com. And on Upworks. In my mind, I'm gone to Carolina. <laughs> Can't you see the sunshine? Can't you just feel... Oh, man, you've brought a, a good sand to my flinty old eye. <laughs> I suddenly have the desire to go out and buy a Ram truck. <laughs> Say, some days you eat the bar and some days the bar eats you, right? That's, That's right. right. Well, on that note, from all of us here at the Medfield College Film Society to all of you, we thank you for listening, and we look forward to joining you next month for The Shaggy Dog. So long, everyone. Mighty Redfield, Lord.